Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast. And you may have noticed, or maybe you didn't, we changed the name from Seed Time Living to Seed Time Money just to get things a little more consistent. And since we are talking mostly about money, I figured might as well do that. So today we're talking about fear of failure. And this is something I'm well acquainted with. I think most entrepreneurs are. And I'm um, discussing it with Ruth Sukup, who is a friend I've known for a few years, and she wrote a book about it, and she just finished writing a book about it, and so she is really familiar with this topic as well, and she has a fascinating story of some of the challenges that she's gone through, and we'll get to that in just a second. But if you are dealing with a fear of failure, if you have something in your life that you need to overcome, this is really going to be a help to you. And if you know somebody, pass this episode along to them, because I'm convinced that this fear of failure, really fear in general, holds so many believers back from the things that God is calling us to do. I want to see you get free from that or really anybody you know. I just want to see more and more of the body of Christ break free from that. So that's my prayer and I'm really excited about this episode. So without any further ado, let's get to it. Ruth, thank you for taking a little time to chat today. Bob, thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here. Like I said, we're going to talk about overcoming fear. You just wrote this book called Do It Scared, which um, just came out. It's doing great. It's already got all these awesome reviews on Amazon. And uh, you are on the big thing at Target. Like it's, <laughs> it's great that all, all the exposure you get. And I'm really excited for you. Let me, let's start with this. So why, why'd you write this book? I'm assuming you run into this with your readers, you know, just constantly doing this and running into fear. And I, I feel the same way. But I mean, is that why you wrote the book? Partially, I think think fear that has been a big part of my own life and my own journey over the last 20 years since I've basically been an adult. I went through a really bad depression in my early 20s and dealt with a lot of fear overcoming that. And then again, starting a business was dealt with a lot of fear, getting, you know, getting my finances in order, dealt with a lot of fear. So there's a lot of different things that in my own life I could relate to this struggle with with fear and trying to overcome that in my own life. But what I did notice is, yes, I do have this, this audience and I actually have sort of two segments of my audience. So I have a lot of moms who are really interested in getting solutions for home, getting their life in order, getting more organized, getting their finances in order. I kind of deal with that audience over at Living Well, Spending Less. And then I also have an audience of entrepreneurs that I coach and mentor over at Elite Blog Academy. But what I noticed with both of these segments of women was that so many people kept coming to me and saying things like, you know, Ruth, you talk about going after your big goals and dreams. You talk about doing all these things. And I'm so afraid. And I feel like I have been sitting on the sidelines of my life. I feel like I've been taking care of everybody else around me and I don't know how to move forward and I don't know how to get past it. And it wasn't just like one or two people. It was dozens and hundreds of people that were coming to me and saying the similar type things. And it just made me realize that there was something to it. And so it got me really curious, like, what what can we do about it? First of all, what is this fear that's holding so many of us back? And yeah. does it look the same for everyone? And then what can we actually do about it? And so watch out when you start asking questions because, man, you'll get a lot of answers. And we ended up surveying over 4,000 people on this subject of fear. And it was so much data that we had to hire a whole team of researchers and psychologists to help go through it all. And at the end of the day, what we discovered through all of this research was pretty incredible. And it's been really, really fascinating to dive deep into it. Yeah. I mean, I think as entrepreneurs, it is part of the journey. It is a part of the journey of being an entrepreneur is learning how to overcome your fear. Because I I mean, for me, it took me probably 
four or five years of just battling crippling fear to even get started, you know, and then it doesn't go away. You know, Mm -hmm. once you get started as an entrepreneur, the fear never goes away and you might overcome one hurdle that you were struggling with, but there's always new ones. There's always new challenges and fears (laughs) you have to face. And so, so yeah, it's a book that I think we all need no matter where we are in our walk of life and whether we're entrepreneurs or not. All right. So out of all this, tell me, let's talk about like one specific thing that you think a lot of people don't realize about fear, just some attribute of it or how it's affecting their life or something that you think most people just don't realize. Well, I think the biggest thing that we don't always realize about fear is that fear pretty much permeates everything that we do, but we're not necessarily recognizing it as fear in our lives, if that makes sense. So sometimes we call it anxiety. Sometimes we call it perfectionism. Sometimes we call it feeling stuck. Sometimes we call it feeling overwhelmed. There's all these different words for it, but really the underlying thing that it has in common is that it's actually fear and it's fear that's holding us back. So when I'm talking about fear, I'm not talking about phobias. I'm not talking about the fear of spiders or the fear of flying, specifically talking about this internal stuff that happens that keeps us, it keeps us kind of in this box and keeps us from stepping out of our comfort zone and and trying new things or going after our big goals and dreams, whatever those big goals and dreams might be. It happens so subconsciously for us most of the time. And we're not necessarily saying, oh, that's my fear talking. We're just experiencing it as we experience it. We think it's our truth. We think it's either just the way that we are, or this is the way everybody feels, or this is just how it is. And we don't see that there's something that we can do about it. And so I think that was with all of this research that we did, what we discovered is that there are actual fear archetypes. There are very distinct patterns in the way that fear comes comes out and manifests itself in our lives. And so much of that stuff is happening subconsciously. But as soon as you can label it and start to identify how fear is playing out in your life and how it's manifesting in your life, that's when suddenly you have the power to start doing something about it. And it is like instantly life-changing. It's pretty cool. It's And we've been watching that because people will take the assessment and they will go, oh my gosh, I never realized that I was a procrastinator and that that was actually my fear talking and that was holding me back. But now I see exactly how that's been happening and I'm now able to stop doing that. Yeah. Did you ever read any of uh, Ryan Holiday stuff? I like love Ryan Holiday. I mean, yeah, I'm reminded yeah, the of... Yeah, Obstacle is the Way and what's the other one? The Ego is the Enemy. Those are two of my favorite yeah. books. They're great books. Yeah. But I'm reminded of just a little bit of stoic thinking one specific thing, I don't know who said this, <laughs> some uh, stoic sage from years ago, just the idea of the thing that really causes fear, like when you shine a light on it, when you really stare it in the face and look at it, it becomes a lot less scary, you know, and I, it was worded so much more eloquently <laughs> thousands of years ago or by him, but, but that idea, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Adding a handle to it, shining a light on it and calling it out, you know, and as a Christian, like, yeah, I think that's where the devil works. Like, I think we see that all the time where the devil tries to keep things blurry and tries to keep us, you know, bound up in fear about some of these things. When a lot of times if we just like put some focus on it and identify it and um, call it for what it is, it, it uh, makes it a whole lot less scary. Yeah, absolutely. Where all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, I don't have to listen to this. Yeah. I can still feel these feelings and I can let them come and then I can let them pass and I can mm-hmm. still take action even despite all these things that I think is are what is holding me back. You mentioned some of these things that you have maybe dealt with. Let's talk about, I mean, getting kind of specific if you're open to it. Um, yeah. One of the more specific 
bigger challenges in your life where you just really faced a mountain of fear and how you overcame it, how you worked through it? Yeah. Well, when, like I said, when I was in my early twenties, I went through just a really, really bad depression. It was my senior year of college and was sort of like this perfect storm of all sorts of different things going on. You know, I had, was in a bad marriage, um, unhappily married. I had two of my teenage brothers were living with me. I was taking 27 credits and I was an honor student, very high achiever and had put all this pressure on myself and I was working full time. And on top of all of that, I started having all of these memories and flashbacks of something that had happened when I was a kid where we had had this babysitter that used to stay with us and he died while I was in college, which I guess is what triggered the flashbacks. But he had sexually abused me when I was a kid. I all of a sudden started having nightmares and started having these flashbacks and I didn't really understand what was happening. And you know that coupled with everything else that was going on in my life and the fact that I was taking theology and existential philosophy all at the same time, which is not a great combination when you're already like feeling depressed. So all of the things sort of happened and I got to a point and I remember this so vividly. I got to this point where I just was reading, I was reading about all these like conferences that happened in the middle ages between all the religious, the Christian religious leaders where they were going, you know, deciding on the catechisms and all these things. And why am I doing this? What is this? Religion just seems like a bunch of old white men making up things that everybody else is going to believe. And and this is probably tied into all the existential philosophy I was reading all at the same time. And I just came to this point and thought, you know, I've grown up with God my entire life and that has been the center of my life for my entire life. And now here I am and a God that was real and a God that loved me would not let all these bad things happen to me before. I like had to go to this very weird intellectual place with the whole thing um, because I think that was my way of protecting myself from feeling the feelings. Yeah. And so I just decided that God didn't exist and there was no point and life had no meaning. And therefore the only logical solution was to try to kill myself or to kill myself, which I then made, had my first suicide attempt. And um, obviously I'm still here. It was unsuccessful, but that sort of triggered this two and a half year spiral into depression. I had multiple suicide attempts and um, the worst of which I ended up in a, in a coma on life support with less than a 10% chance of waking up. And it was really, really bad, as you can imagine. And at the end of all of that, I found myself divorced, bankrupt, completely alone. You know, my family had tried to be supportive for a while, but it's really hard to stay supportive of somebody by after two and a half years of just like really bad depression. I went through all sorts of self-destructive, self-harm. Yeah. And that was where I really found myself like, oh my gosh, at the end of that, I was completely hopeless to the point where I didn't know, even the doctors had given up on me. And I had to figure out at that point how to make my way back. And that was terrifying because everything scared me at that point. I felt like I felt like I had ruined my entire life. That was actually where my little mantra, do it scared, came from. Because at that point, I found a new therapist and I called her and said, you know, I've just spent the last two and a half years talking to every bad thing or talking about every bad thing that has ever happened to me and it hasn't helped and I'm not better. And now I don't even know how to live. And I just need help, like figuring out how to put one foot in front of the other. And that was literally what she helped me do, you know, to the point where I was first, it was learning how to go to the grocery store again and not have a panic attack. And then it was getting a part-time job. And then it was getting an apartment and getting a full-time job and going back to school to finish my degree. And 
every time I took one little step, it gave me the courage to take the next step. Because after I started my business, you know, many years later, I started this business and I felt like every step along the way, you sort of spoke to that. Like every step along the way has been taking a step and then taking the next step and taking the next step after that. Wow. I had no idea. I didn't know that you had such a crazy backstory. That's really interesting. <laughs> I know. It's not like one of those like conversation openers, like, hey, by the way, I used to be crazy. Well, you want to be my friend? <laughs> but it, I feel like it's great because it, uh, it you know what I mean? Not great yeah. in that it happened, but but great in that you can use that as inspiration to other people who are going through really challenging stuff. You know, everybody goes through stuff and it's all relative, but like you've been through some stuff, like you've been through some real stuff, Yeah. you know? So for somebody like me, who's just whatever, 15 years ago, really nervous to start a business because I'm dealing with that fear. It's like, that's a real fear, but you know, what you're coming out of and what this uh, worked, you know, you, what you applied this to and what it actually worked on is so much of a grander thing that you can't help but think, you know, the smaller things that a lot of us are dealing with, like this is going to (laughs) work. Well, yeah, it's not that simple because I think that, yes, my story is very dramatic in some ways and has that aspect to it to the point where, and I'm, I've told it a lot of times and I don't feel like it's not a hard story for me to tell. It was a long time ago and I've, I've fully recovered from the depression and, and I'm just thankful that I get an opportunity to share my story because when I was in that place, when I was so depressed and felt so hopeless and lost and like there was never any hope and there was never going to be any hope, I never saw people getting better. And I used to say that to my doctors and therapists and people in the hospital. I'd say, well, how can you tell me I'm going to get better? I'm not going to get better. Nobody ever gets better. People leave and they come back. It's like a revolving door in this, in this hospital. And now I get to be the person that other people, and I get, and I hear this actually from doctors and therapists and psychiatrists, they write me all the time and they say, we use your story as the example of somebody who was really far gone and is now okay because it's so hard to find that, to find somebody to point to. So I'm really glad to be able to share the story from that aspect, but that shouldn't diminish anybody else's experience or pain or fear because what we experience is true and real to us. And that fear that you were feeling as a business owner felt just as scary to you as the fear that I was feeling. Who's to say that I, you didn't feel more scared than me? Like there's no measurement of fear. Like what we feel in our own lives and in our own experience is true and real to us. And that's what we have to deal with. You can't compare that experience to anyone else. Yeah. yeah I mean, and that makes sense. I, I just view it as inspiring just because I, I, I mean, cause I personally am somebody who gets motivated by that. Like I see somebody's like, they went through that. Like surely I can at least do this. You know, yeah. for me that helps stir me up and fire me up a little bit. But, um, anyway, well, I and I do, Oh, well, you're welcome. And I do like, I like to share it for that reason too, because I like to show people that no matter how badly you have screwed up your life yeah. right now, no matter how much you think you have, like wasted your life or done something stupid or made bad decisions because I we, I didn't even go into like a fraction of the really, really poor life choices I made during that time. And just trust me when I say like really bad things. And if I can be standing here in front of you today, first of all, a child of God redeemed by grace. And second of all, a successful business owner. I have a great marriage. I was lucky, fortunate enough to get remarried to the greatest guy in the planet, two beautiful little girls. Like 
I have a life that I would have never have dreamt was possible when I was going through all of that stuff. And so I know that no matter how bad things get, there is always hope and there is always redemption. Just hold on to that part. Yeah, that's really good. All right. So let's talk about somebody who, you know, regardless of the situation, situation as bad as what you were in then, situation like I was before I started my business or like I am every other week where I'm facing (laughs) some sort of fear about something I'm doing or anything else. What are one of the most important things that I or you that we can do when we're in the heat of it and we have to go through this thing? Well, the first thing I would recommend, and this is a very, very practical thing, is to actually get clarity and identify your specific fear and understand your specific fear. Because the more you can understand how your fear is playing out in your life and manifesting for you, the easier it's going to be to start coming up with a solution because there's different solutions depending on what your fear is. So we actually created this assessment along with all the research. We created this assessment. It's called the Do It Scared Fear Assessment that you can take on our website at doitscared.com. And then I talk about in the book, I talk about these seven fear archetypes and what each one is. And if you want to go through them, we can, or you can just get the book. <laughs> but yeah, it's up to you. You can, these, you can fly. Yeah, through I, I'll just give them. you the, how yeah. about I give you the quick overview? You, you probably have a memorized by now. Yeah, I'm we hoping, have right? context. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty good at going through them real fast. Right. So right. the t- the first one is the procrastinator archetype. And for the procrastinator, it's really just another word for perfectionist. So the procrastinator slash perfectionist archetype, the underlying fear there is the fear of making a mistake, which is generally what holds you back. So a lot of times a procrastinator will have a lot of analysis paralysis and will over-research everything, is super organized, but it has this almost fear of getting started or diving in or actually like yeah. committing to things because they don't want to get it wrong. They don't want to make a mistake. So that's actually the most common of the seven fear archetypes. The next one is the rule follower archetype. The rule follower is almost like an unhealthy fear of authority. That's the underlying fear there. There's this sense that there is somebody out there that is going to crack down if you don't get all the regulations right at all times or if you don't do things in the right order. The rule follower always has a sense that there is a correct order for everything. And it can be judgmental towards people who don't follow the rules or don't have that same order. So the rule follower is the person who will always read the instruction manual from cover to cover, no matter what. (laughs) Then there's the people pleaser. The people pleaser, the underlying fear there is the fear of being judged or the fear of letting people down or the fear of what other people might say. So a lot of times with the people pleaser, where that fear starts to hold you back is you become so consumed by what other people are thinking or how other people are feeling that you either hold back from your own opinions or you have a tr- you have a hard time saying no or setting boundaries which can be really detrimental. The next one is the outcast archetype. The outcast is probably the most ironic of all the seven archetypes because on the outside the outcast can appear to be fearless but really the underlying fear there is a fear of rejection. And the way that that often plays out for the outcast is rejecting other people before you can be rejected in return. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's mine, the outcast. Did you take the fear assessment? Have you ever ha- had, no, you had a I haven't chance taken to take it yet. that? Okay, you'll it. have to take it. Find out. Um, the next one is the self-doubter archetype. 
the self-doubter archetype, the underlying fear there is a fear of not being capable or not being enough. So the self-doubter struggles with a lot of confidence issues and it can be very hypercritical, not just of themselves, where that is where a lot of the self-doubt comes from is this hypercriticism of themselves, but publicly they can also be very hypercritical of other people. So if you've ever had a friend who's like always nitpicking everybody or a family member, you know that person who's just always picking everyone apart, probably a self-doubter. Um, The next one is the excuse maker. The excuse maker is the underlying fear of not wanting to take responsibility and not wanting to be blamed. I like to say that the excuse maker is the friend that if you're trying to decide where to eat for dinner, they'll never be the one to pick the restaurant because they do not want to be blamed if nobody likes the restaurant. They're the ones that just seem to be a little bit slippery. They always have a rationalization for everything that happens and it's never their fault. And then the final one is the pessimist. And the pessimist archetype usually comes from a place of having experienced a lot of pain or adversity or hardship in their life. Maybe they had financial struggles, trauma, something bad that happened in their life. And that has gotten them to a place of just feeling like, why should I even bother? So the the underlying fear there is the fear of pain or a fear of adversity or experiencing more pain and wanting to not step outside their comfort zone because they because of the risk that you might, you might just experience more pain. Yeah. Okay. So first part is figuring out what you are. Like, I mean, you know, kind of where you fall in that, you know, we talked a little bit about shining a light on it. Um, what else would you add to this to overcome whatever we're dealing with? Yeah. So once you've kind of shined the light on it, you've identified where fear is holding you back. There's two more steps that I would take. The next thing is to start replacing those thoughts and feelings that have been happening up to that point subconsciously, you have to replace those with something more positive. So this is what I refer to in the book as the principles of courage, which is really just a new set of core beliefs, adopting a new set of core beliefs that's going to be more growth oriented, that's going to allow you to start to push back against these feelings of fear that have kept you stuck for so long. So some of these principles of courage include things like Rules are for suckers and um, there are no mistakes, only lessons. Just keep going is when always own it is really about taking ownership and and responsibility for everything that happens to you. So there's seven altogether. But once you can start to adopt these new sets of core values in your life, that's giving you a new point of reference. And then the final step from there is that you need to start taking action. Action is the antidote to fear. And and at the end of the day, it's the only antidote to fear. It's the only thing that's going to help you move forward because every time you take a step, that gives you enough courage to take the next step and the next one after that. It, It works sort of like a muscle. Courage works like a muscle. So the more you exercise it, the stronger it gets, the more able you are to take a bigger step and to overcome it. And so that third part of the book, I really give very specific step-by-step instructions for how to actually take action in your life. Yeah, that's really good. I'm reminded of something. I heard this from Chip Gaines. He saw it in a movie, we bought a zoo, I think. It's this quote, it says, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage, just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery. And I promise you something great will come out of it. I love that quote because I've just found that to be so true. I I feel like there's been so many moments where I've been paralyzed with fear 
where it's like, that's really all it takes. It's just a little bit, just a, a few seconds, just to force myself to do something and to get the motion going. And just like you're talking about taking that one step and then the next will follow in that idea. Because I think, at least for me, I tend to find in myself that my desire is to not take that first step and to stay paralyzed and to hide. Yes. And to, yeah, how can I go hide and avoid this? And the way out is actually, you know, this comes back to the obstacles away, that idea of the way out of it is actually through it. It's you know? through it. Yes, absolutely. And it really is. I mean, those, I love that quote with the 20 seconds of courage because that's, it's true. Sometimes you just, and that's where, and so many people tell me this too, that they, that do it scared thing. Like they will just repeat it to themselves over and over again, which is what I used to do too. And even my kids do that when they're scared, do it scared, do it scared, do it scared. It almost becomes this like, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can moment of just going, okay, just have to do this long enough, long enough to get past it. And then it'll give me the courage to do the next one that, I mean, A perfect example of this is I went ziplining with my family. Um, We went on a cruise a couple months ago. We went ziplining and I'm terrified of heights. I am terrified of heights. (laughs) Do not like heights at all. So that was literally what I was, I was strapped in and just saying, do it scared, do it scared. And then you have to go, it's not just like one zipline. You got to do it like 15 times because it's this whole, this whole thing in the jungle. But by the time I got to the last one, it was actually okay. Like every time I got a little less scared and a little less scared and I actually started to enjoy myself. So you just got to work up that immunity. Yeah. That is really interesting because on one of the more famous fear things, like my first few times public speaking were at church, probably when I was 15, 16 years old. And I remember the first time they asked me, I was at my day job and um, the pastor's daughter called me and asked me if I would speak in front of whatever the youth group or something like that. And I went into the bathroom and walked into a stall like to hide. And I just sat there and I like shook. I was just like, so terrified. I mean, it was like two months off and I'm still like mm-hmm. just shaking, terrified. And, and I ended up like um, for a while, just like regularly speaking to our middle school, like in every single time I'm just nervous and like, I didn't want to do it. But it just got easier and easier and easier. And to the point where this thing that I hated, like I now actually enjoy a little bit. Yes. And it's like, oh, go figure, you know, the thing that like was one of the most terrifying things in my life, uh, I actually learned to enjoy just by doing it more and more, you know? Yes. And it happened because she said yes. Yeah. I think sometimes that's the yeah. answer. Like sometimes you just have to give, if you're really struggling with those kind of things, like give yourself the option of just saying yes. I'm just going to say yes and figure it out later. And it's amazing what happened, what can happen in your life. If you'll, you'll open yourself up to those possibilities and, and I'm uh, reminded of another (laughs) movie here, another movie that was actually a really good movie, kind of silly, but yes, man, did you ever see that? Uh -uh. Yeah. You need to watch it (laughs) because it's a kind of silly movie, but it's a really good message. And it's just that it's just this idea of kind of point out the fact that so many of us say no to so many things and we miss so many great opportunities and maybe so many things that God might even have in front of us that we just miss out on because we're stuck in the pattern of saying, no, this doesn't fit inside my box. And like, what if we just expand our walls and just say yes to everything that comes Start to say yes. Yes. So anyway, I mean, this is really helpful. Um, The book can be found everywhere, right? I know it's a target because it's on the big screen there. So, it is at Target. Right. It's at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, everywhere. Everywhere books are sold. Awesome. 
Well, yeah, I definitely recommend checking it out, picking it up. And where is the website uh, or is it doitscared.com where we can take the test? Yes. Go to doitscared.com to take the assessment. We actually have um, some book bonuses right now. So you can purchase the book anywhere and just to have your receipt number or your order number from wherever you purchased. And then you can fill out the form. And um, one of the book bonuses is to get the pre- our premium version of the assessment for free, which I highly, highly recommend because that's going to go way more in depth. It's going to tell you your top three. It's going to give you your overall fear score and just give you some really, really good information that is actionable and that will help you to start overcoming your specific fear right away. All right, Ruth. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, super excited that we got to share this. I think this is something that's really important. I think you already know that, but there's so many things that aren't happening in the world because people are bound up in fear. And I feel like this is just a really big and powerful message that needs to get out there. So thank you for writing the book. Thank you for taking the time and um, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I hope you found that helpful. And if you did definitely reach out, let me know if you have any ideas or suggestions, we always want to hear them. So please send them along. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter over at Seed Time. And uh, we'd love to hear from you over there. So that's all for today. Be blessed, be blessing, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.